Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Last week was the most brutal one in the 42-year history of the Riverfront Times. The free weekly newspaper here in St. Louis laid off seven staffers, leaving just two salespeople and two editors. It also suspended its print publication. Never in our wildest dreams did we anticipate this, and we are heartbroken to have to let go of all these hardworking and talented people, wrote publisher Chris Keating. My hope is that in the very near future, we can go back to business as usual. Until then, our very small but scrappy staff remains committed to St. Louis, our advertisers, and to delivering journalism for the city that we love. But one of those talented and hardworking people simply refused to go, and he's joining us today to explain why. Daniel Hill, welcome to the show. Hey, Sarah, how you doing? And so just one word of full disclosure, uh, I was editor-in-chief of the RFT from 2015 to 2019, and during that time, I was Daniel's editor. He is the music editor of the publication, um, and I have not been involved with the paper since I took this job last July. So, Daniel, it is good to to talk to you again, uh, but Wednesday seemed positively heartbreaking. What got the RFT to this point? Uh, It's a a simple matter of economics. you know, uh, you know as well as anyone that uh, the primary revenue streams for alt weeklies at this point, um, including the RFT, are uh, you know local ad sales from from bars and restaurants, and and those bars and restaurants are having to close their doors and are having you know enough financial trouble right now. And um, on the other hand, uh, throwing events like our Iron Fork event and and the music showcase and stuff like that, and we can't throw events right now either. So. Um, the simple fact of the matter is there's no way to make money, and when there's no way to make money, there's no way to pay anybody. That is a little bit of a problem. Um, so, so many people lost their jobs. Did you know this was coming before you woke up that Wednesday? Uh, no, not at all. I should have seen it coming. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I suppose I should say that I, I suspected that this was coming. Um, just you, you got to be able to read the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not expect that it was going to happen so quickly. Mm-hmm. And so they tried to lay you off on Wednesday. Um, when did you decide, you know what, I'm going to stay on and keep writing for this publication, regardless of the fact I've just been laid off? Uh, it was, um, let's, well, so on Wednesday, I, uh, I, I started drinking around 9 a.m., and uh, by one in the morning, I decided to screw it. Um, <laughs> and how drunk were you at that point? Uh, I would say just the right amount of drunk. <laughs> and and yet you kept with you you stuck to that thought at the point that you were sober. I can tell because you then wrote this essay about what you were doing, and this was a cogent essay. This this I don't think was written while you were intoxicated. Am I incorrect on that? <laughs> yeah, you are not incorrect. <laughs> So did you tell the editor-in-chief, Doyle Murphy, that you were going to publish this essay about not quitting, or did you just log in and start writing it? I, I told him. I, actually, it was, you know, at, at, at one in the morning or, or whatever it was that I made this decision, I emailed, um, I emailed Doyle, and I was like, uh, hey, I don't care uh, what you say or what you do. I'm going to uh, keep working. And he responded and said, well, let me, you know, talk to the publisher and see if there's a way that I can get you some money. And I was like, I don't care about that. I'm going to keep working. Uh, and you can't stop me. And I thanked him for um, not making me twist his arm. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, I just, I'm, I'm stubborn, and this is, a, this is a nice way of not living in reality if I just keep working no matter what. So, Were you surprised that when you logged on, you could actually get into the site? You still had the ability to publish. 
Uh, you know, that that was the funniest part is um, I, I couldn't get into my email account uh, right away when I woke up that morning. Uh, I guess because, you know, uh, you know the, our publisher has to take care that somebody doesn't go completely rogue and, like, do something weird. But I could still get into our CMS, which uh, seems like that one should have been prioritized first. But, hey, what are you going to do? So they locked you out of your email. They didn't lock you out of the blogging platform. You got in there. You published this post. And it seemed to go viral almost immediately. Why do you think it s- struck such a chord with the public? Well, I think um, I think there's a lot of people that would rather be working right now mm-hmm. that can't. And um, I, I think, you know, maybe for a lot of people, they wish that they could, that, that they could, you know, still keep busy uh, throughout all of this too. And uh, maybe it's aspirational. Maybe it's just, just stupid enough to uh, amuse people while they're bored in their homes. I'm not sure. Now, on the note of, of thinking of this as something a little stupider, I mean, you used as the art for this story a photo of yourself in a hot dog costume. You, of all the people on the RFT, you're the one who tends to write the stories that are a little bit out there. Um, give us some of your greatest hits just to give people a sense of, of what kind of stories you're going to continue to be doing during this crisis here. Oh, sure. Um, well, uh, so a few years back... Um, I made Ted Nugent so mad that he uh, he called me uh, Saul Alinsky. I think he meant Alinsky, but um, Ted Nugent is dumb and can't spell. America hating scum. Uh, that was fun. Um, there was one time I uh, I got kicked out of a Justin Bieber concert that I was going to review um, for smuggling in a flask of whiskey. Um, you mentioned the hot dog costume. That was uh, I had to go undercover. Um, for an investigation of a of a local bar. This was the uh, the all you can drink St. Louis bar. Is that correct? Right. I uh, I I I you know I I was trying to get to the bottom of how much all you can drink really is, and uh, I I made the rookie mistake of posting something on the internet about it, and I got outed um, as a reporter. The owner of the bar came in and and you know said something to me, and so I had to I had to go back later in disguise in order to uh, do my job appropriately. So your disguise was a hot dog costume. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it was October that it was happening. So uh, that's one of the only, yeah, that's one of the only, you know, times of the year that uh, you can reasonably go out into public wearing a disguise. So. And yet, you know, I mean, this is a joke that, you know, you're using this photo of yourself in a hot dog costume, but you were actually doing some journalism here. You were trying to figure out if a person gets more drunk at an all-you-can-drink bar trying to overdo it versus, say, a place like Applebee's where they're giving you 99-cent drinks. What did you find out in that grand experiment? Uh, Applebee's is poison. <laughs> Literally? <laughs> well, I mean, I felt pretty poisoned. I don't know. There was, there was no other, throughout doing all that, you know, I went to a regular, uh, you know, St. Louis area bar and I, I went to Open Concept twice and I, I went to Applebee's and, uh, Applebee's was the only one that made me sick, so. So it wasn't the all you can drink bar. This is some, some valuable journalism you've been doing here. <laughs> I like to think so. Now, it's not just you. In addition to you deciding that you're going to continue writing um, without get, drawing your salary, I saw the editor-in-chief of your sister paper in Detroit. He's also now working without taking a salary so he could spare a, a different staffer. What keeps people like you guys so devoted to these newspapers, even when they've never been known for paying well? Um, people do sometimes work pretty hard as they're working at them. Uh, what do you think the appeal is? Uh, this is the best job I've ever had. I can't imagine any job 
that I'll ever have again where I can make a, a living, even if it is a, you know, a, a meager one, uh, dressing up in a in a hot dog costume and seeing how much I can drink. So that keeps me going. You, there aren't other jobs like that out there at this point. Uh-huh. Now, Manny sent us a tweet, and this is probably better directed to the paper's editor-in-chief, but you're still part of this staff. So he wants to know, what will the coverage look like at the RFT from here on out? That would be a better question for the editor-in-chief. But what I know um, is that what I'm going to keep doing is is twofold. Um, on, on the one hand, we want to keep people as... Um, as informed as possible and as in, in as accurate a way as possible about things as uh, the this coronavirus thing keeps going. And on the other hand, um, we, we want to make people laugh. Uh, that's always been my thing. So we're, we're going to try to be entertaining and we're going to try to be a, a vital resource um, on, 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 until we can't. Now, I did see where the, the Venn diagram of those two things come together, being a vital resource and being entertaining. Uh, since the layoff, you have published a piece acknowledging you were wrong about the loop trolley. Um, you think now this is a good thing. Well, um, you know, what what could be better? The thing was always empty. So what could be better than sitting in an empty trolley car and, and rolling around the city, staring vacantly into space? Um, <laughs> it finally has uh, a good use. Right. Yeah. You know, we're all we're all tired of being on our houses. We might as well be in an empty trolley. Well, that actually leads me to one thing I did want to make sure to ask you about. And that is that, um, you know, you're continuing to write for the RFT, but there's no longer a print issue. There's a lot of your responsibilities were tied up in that. I imagine you now have a fair amount of time on your hands. And I wonder what are you going to be working on going forward um, other than just contributing to the Riverfront Times? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked that, Sarah. Um, and I'd like to take this opportunity uh, to make an announcement. I'd like to announce my intention to run for the governor of the great state of Missouri in light of the fact that I have nothing better to do. You're uh, running for I've, governor. I've, I, yeah, I've noticed, um, especially in the face of a global pandemic, that our current governor is pretty useless. And I, too, am mostly useless. So I figure I have a shot. So, so how would you re- respond to the coronavirus differently than Governor Parson? Um. Well, I, I, he he finally did a ten day lockdown today, but I think I think um, there needs to be more strict lockdowns. I think this needs to be taken more seriously. I think there should be a uh, robust safety net. Um, it, it, everything, you know, um, and that's not what's happening. And uh, that's what I would do. Um, I I am a you know as as Ken Burns uh, mentioned earlier. Um, Deeply flawed characters uh, throughout history have uh, been ready to do great things, and I, too, am a deeply flawed character, so let's do this. So Ken Burns apparently was plugging your candidacy without even realizing it. I have to ask, though, Daniel, I mean, you're the guy who dresses up like a hot dog and goes to the all-you-can-drink bar. You're not serious about this, are you? Um, I I still got to make a call to the uh, Secretary of State's office um, uh, to see about filing. but I'm dead serious. Uh, the, the only issue is uh, I I, um, I was hit by a car at the end of last year, and uh, it'd be kind of difficult for me to drive to Jeff City and file in person right now. So I got to see if I can do this by a certified mail. But no, I'm serious. So will you be filing as a write-in? I understand that filing deadline is coming up real soon. Um, yes, indeed. Well, uh, I, I think I think for a write-in candidate, um, a filing would happen. It's actually further down the road. If you're trying to file um, with a specific party, you have to have it done by, I think, March 31st or something like that. Um, My my team and I are still working on uh, getting this figured out. Okay. Well, if people want to know more about your campaign for the governorship, uh, should they just follow you on Twitter? Where where are these announcements going to be coming from? 
Uh, I'd, I'd encourage your listeners to check out my campaign website at DanielHillForGovernor.com and see how to get involved, because right now we need a leader who is as dumb as the times we are living in, and that leader is Daniel Hill. And apparently Daniel Hill actually has a website. I am prepared to just fall over backwards. So here I thought we were talking about a journalist <laughs> soldiering on. We've got a, a prospective politician here. Well, Daniel Hill, thank you for joining us today, and best of luck to you as you try to figure out how to, how to handle this crisis we're in. Uh, Thank you, Sarah, and good luck to everybody out there. Support local journalism. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.